guys. Welcome back to Typically Peachy. How are we all doing? Is everyone okay? Temperature check. I have to say, from last week to this week, my days have not gotten any less overwhelming. I have stuck to my to-do list like I told you guys I would last week, which has helped, but there's just a lot to do. I am heavily working on one of my personal projects right now. I kind of teased it a couple months ago, but if you want to know officially what it is that I'm working on, go to Typically Peachy's Instagram, at Typically Peachy. I'm going to share it on stories on there tomorrow. So if you want to stay in the know, head over there, and I'll probably talk about it a bit more next week as well. What else is new with me? Halloween is coming up this weekend. Is everybody excited? Do we have our costumes? I have some things in the works, getting ready for it. I think one night I'm going to be Cupid, and then probably another night I have to go with my tried and true astronaut costume. I kind of can't imagine a world where I'm not going to be an astronaut for at least one of the nights of Halloween, given that Halloween feels like it's always spread over the entire weekend. And this year, it's actually not even until Monday. So we're going to have a lot of Halloween in our future. The only other new thing with me is that this past weekend, I had a lot of fun time with friends. I know that sounds kind of silly out loud, but it's actually true. I got to see two of my hometown friends. They were both in Chicago, and it was really nice to spend time with them. And also, to spend that time not talking about work. I don't know if you guys have a similar feeling to this, but if you have friends that you've been friends with for so long... You have known them since you were all literal children. You usually end up not talking about more grown-up things. You kind of just go back into your old ways of interacting with each other, which I find to be really fun and really refreshing. It was just nice to spend time with people that feel like home. So that was a nice way to then enter into the week. Even though it's been an overwhelming one, I have definitely felt very accomplished. I've gotten a lot done. So I'm pretty proud of myself on this Thursday. I hope you guys are in a similar boat. But if not, that's okay. Because this episode is here to cheer you up, to take you out of your life for a second. So without further ado, let's do just that and get into some stories that have nothing to do with our lives. Let's get into what's hot this week. First up... As I'm sure everyone knows by now, last week, Taylor Swift released her album, Midnight's. But what some people might not know is that it has already surpassed 1 million units in the US. Here's some info straight from Billboard. They write, According to initial reports to Luminate, the album, which was released on October 21st, has earned more than 1.2 million equivalent album units in the U.S. through its first three days of release, through October 23rd. Of that sum, traditional album sales comprise more than 955,000 across all available formats, multiple digital album download, CD, vinyl, and cassette variants. Vinyl LP sales for the title is nearly 500,000. After those first three days... Midnight's has already had the largest overall week by equivalent album units for any album since Swift's own reputation debuted with 1.238 million in its first week. 
Midnight's also has the largest sales week for any album since Reputation's opening week of 1.216 million sold. It was earlier reported that Midnight's has logged the single largest sales week for a vinyl album in the modern era. Additionally, in its first three days, the album's 20 songs have generated over 284 million on-demand official streams in the U.S. The album's standard initial release had 13 songs, and a deluxe version released three hours later added seven additional songs. That 284 million sum is already the third largest streaming week for an album in 2022 by total streams. The set's final sales number is expected to be announced on Sunday, October 30th, along with its expected large debut on the multi-metric Billboard 200 album charts. If Midnight's debuts at number one on the Billboard 200, it will mark Swift's 11th chart-topping effort. That is pretty wild. I feel like she is always breaking records left, right, and center. Billboard also says that after one day, Midnight's initial sales sum already made it the biggest selling album of 2022 year to date. That's insane. After one day? Previously, 2022's top selling album year to date was Harry Styles' Harry's House with 620,000 copies sold through the week ending October 13th. Very interesting what Taylor Swift can do in a day, what she can do in a week. Imagine how many sales are going to be made off of this album. These are just initial numbers, initial breaking records. Which I also want to say that Spotify reported that Taylor Swift broke two records with Midnight's. On October 21st, Taylor Swift's Midnight's became Spotify's most streamed album in a single day, and Taylor broke the record for the most streamed artist in a single day in Spotify history. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I want to know what you guys thought about the album. Of course, I have listened to it. And you know, the interesting thing about all of these records being broken, and I know I am not the only one that listens to Taylor Swift, obviously, But this record, so far, is not one of my favorite records. And I will say that I think that it has the potential to grow on me for sure. But I think why right now it's not one of my favorites is because it was so unexpected. That's not to say that it's a bad thing. I think that's why just initially when I heard it, I was kind of shocked. I thought that it was going to be more of a folklore vibe. And that's not to say Folklore is my favorite album. Probably 1989 is my favorite, in case you guys were wondering. And this is actually way more similar to 1989. So I think it was just my brain was not in the right place to consume this content. But regardless, I have to say I am still listening to it on repeat because I want to know these songs. I want to love these songs. And I do have a favorite. Right now, I think Maroon is my favorite. It's the one that I feel like I always want to go back and listen to. So check that one out if you haven't heard it yet. If you like this album, if you don't like this album, I think that we can all agree that these record-breaking numbers, they're extremely impressive. And I think so much of it has to do with how she markets these albums. I feel like every album that she's about to release is the most anticipated album. Every single time. Even with her re-recorded albums, Every time, even though I have literally already heard the entire album, already lived with all of those songs before, when she re-records her albums, I am 
just as excited and listen to it literally right when she puts it out. And this was no different except for the fact that it was brand new music. So even more hype around it, more anticipation, more wondering what it was going to sound like. And just with everything from the videos that she puts on her social media promoting it, the music videos that we have seen thus far, the ones that I am sure are still upcoming, it makes it all incredibly exciting, fun to consume, and really a community experience. There is no other album like a Taylor Swift album that I think I converse the most with people about. So many people have opinions, people love sharing their favorite songs. So if you guys have heard it, if you have your favorite songs, let me know what they are, shoot me a DM. I want to talk to you guys about it, I want to hear your thoughts. Because like I said, I am hoping that with every listen, with every conversation about this new music, it grows on me more and more. Alright guys, next up for what's hot, we have another music story and one that I could never have anticipated. According to Rolling Stone, Bono again apologizes for U2's iTunes stunt. Okay, before I read what Rolling Stones has to say, do you guys remember this? This is such a core memory for me when U2 downloaded their entire album onto everyone's iTunes library. To this day, some of the only songs that I have on my phone that aren't from a streaming platform, like actually on my phone, are U2 songs from that album. That's why when I saw this story, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk about this because that was such a wild time. And every once in a while, I'll hear one of those songs and it'll bring me back. And for some reason, I just left them there. I don't know how many other people did that, but it is very possible that that specific album is still on multiple people's phones, multiple people's iTunes. What a time, what a time. Anyway, let's get back to what Rolling Stone has to say. They write, Bono has once again apologized for U2's The Songs of Innocence showing up unsolicited in iTunes libraries around the world, with the singer detailing the thought process leading up to and backlash following the 2014 stunt. That's another shocking thing about this story. That was in 2014. Some of you guys may not even know that this happened. Well, there you go. This happened. Bono writes in his upcoming memoir, Surrender, 40 Songs, One Story, an excerpt which was published in The Guardian, I take full responsibility. I thought if we could just put our music within reach of people, they might choose to reach out toward it. Not quite. As one social media wisecracker put it, woke up this morning to find Bono in my kitchen, drinking my coffee, wearing my dressing gown, reading my paper. Or, less kind, the free U2 album is overpriced. Mea culpa. In the memoir, Bono opened up about his conversation with an incredulous Apple CEO, Tim Cook, about the idea of giving away the band's then-new album for free. Bono writes that Cook told him, You want to give this music away for free? But the whole point of what we're trying to do at Apple is to not give away music free. The point is to make sure musicians get paid. And then Bono said, No, I don't think we give it away free. 
I think you pay us for it and then you give it away free as a gift to people. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Likening the move to Netflix buying a movie and distributing it to subscribers for free. Bono continued by saying, You might call it vaunting ambition or vaulting. Critics might accuse me of overreaching. If just getting our music to people who like our music was the idea, that was a good idea. But if the idea was getting our music to people who might not have a remote interest in our music, maybe there might be some pushback. But what was the worst that could happen? It would be like junk mail. Which I will tell you guys, as somebody that did receive this album, it did indeed kind of feel like junk mail, or just a little bit like an intrusion. That's the difference between the Netflix comparison. Netflix is its own streaming platform. When people go on there, if you're within the same region, you're going to see all the same movies, all the same TV shows. But iTunes is personalized, it's individual. So for everyone to have this album, it was weird. It was definitely very weird. Rolling Stones added this interesting part too. They said that a study six months later found that only a quarter of iTunes users actually listened to at least one song of Innocence, which seems kind of surprising, only a quarter. I would think people would listen to it out of just sheer curiosity, but I guess that was not the case. Also, apparently, this was not the first time Bono tried to give away free music. Well, not totally free in this situation. Rolling Stone writes that elsewhere in the excerpt, Bono talks about meeting with Steve Jobs in 2004, a conversation that resulted in the iconic Vertigo iPod ad. Then a new single, U2 offered the track to Apple to use for free, though the band attempted to get some Apple stock in exchange. Sorry, said Steve. That's a deal breaker, Bono wrote. Instead, U2 settled for their own branded iPod. So interesting, a weird little point in history. But, like I said, it is still on my phone, which means it has gone from iTunes to phone to phone to phone since 2014 all the way up to 2022. That's pretty insane. U2 has stuck with me this whole time, whether I wanted them to or not. In the grand scheme of things, really not a big deal, but I guess Bono felt that he had to take full responsibility. It's okay, Bono. We forgive you. Alright guys, that's it for what's hot. Now let's get right in to what's good. I have two fashion finds for you guys this week, and both of them are very fall-appropriate. Mostly because they're both long-sleeve. The first item that I wanted to talk to you guys about is a new dress that I bought from Aritzia. It is by the brand Babaton, and it is called the Contour Square Neck Dress. I got it in the color Forest Green. It's form-fitting. Aritzia describes it as a luxe, ultra-flattering fabric coveted for its smoothing effect and second skin feel, essential for every body. It is really comfortable, very flattering, a really nice feel to it. Perfect if you want to dress up a little, but still feel good. Also, they have a ton of colors. I got this one in store, so I only saw it in green and black when I went there. But they literally have, let me see, 14 colors. They have 14 colors of this dress. That is a lot. Any color that you want for this season 
or next, I'm sure you could find it. Next up, another dress, but a sweater dress from Nordstrom Rack. Now I do have to say that I don't know if it's intended to be a sweater dress or if I'm just very small. I mean, the second thing is true, I am very small, but this does feel way too big to be a shirt and I got the extra small and I tried it on with over-the-knee boots and it looked so cute. So whether you get this one in particular or just another sweater dress, PSA that you should get one and wear it with over-the-knee boots. The brand of this particular one is RDI. It's a beautiful chocolate brown color and it contains recycled yarn. So I felt really good about my purchase and I feel really good when I wear it. All right, guys, last up for what's good, your song this week. It is called Come Around by Hoodie Allen and Christian French. It's so good. It was on my Discover Weekly, and now it is on the Typically Peachy What's Good playlist on Spotify. Okay, guys, let's round out this episode while also getting us in the Halloween spirit. Couple days away. I know you guys are probably going to start celebrating today, tomorrow, definitely this weekend. So because of that, I thought we would do a little bit of a theme here. Last year, around this time, I released an episode called If You Can't Beat Fear, Do It Scared. And that is still one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite pieces of advice. And the whole topic of conversation on that episode was dealing with fear. An emotion that we all have that actually is there to protect us, but sometimes can feel pretty debilitating. So this year, I thought that I would talk about something a little bit different. Instead of beating fear, which definitely is an option, and check out last year's podcast episode about it if you want to hear more about my tips, but instead of beating it, I want to talk about utilizing it. Utilizing fear and making it a driving force. Let's think about fear for a second. And this is something that actually kind of has related to my life pretty recently in kind of a big scale. Fear of doing something because of how much you care about that thing. That's what I've been dealing with. And I think across the board, a lot of people experience that. If you're scared of doing something or jumping into something or starting something, it usually means you care. A lot of times, it means you have a certain preconceived expectation for it. You want it to work. You want it to be good. In my case, the thing that's been scaring me is anticipation of something that I want. And instead of letting that hinder me, I'm constantly reminding myself why I'm scared. I'm breaking down that fear. Because a lot of times, I think if we understand the root of something, it helps us utilize it. Take that fear and use it to your advantage. Like I said, fear can be a really useful emotion. Not just to protect us from things, but also... What I found is it provides a little bit of clarity. Like I said, if you're scared of something that you want, 
that means that you probably care about it. Which if in your mind, previous to that fear, you were unsure of even what you care about, sometimes your fear can guide you in the direction of showing you, hey, this is the thing that's scaring you right now. It's scaring you to take this step. It's scaring you to do this thing. That might be it. That might be the thing that you should go full force into. That might be the thing that you care the most about. When you break it down and you really figure out those things that do scare you in your life, scares you to reach for that thing, scares you to want for more, scares you to accomplish something, scares you to even try, I think that's the thing that you should probably start focusing a little bit more of your time and energy on. Because as soon as you figure it out, you can shake the spook right out of you. Suddenly understanding and then making the decision to go full steam ahead becomes far more important than the fear itself. So if you guys are like me right now, you're scared to do something, some new advice for you. Maybe don't try to beat it. Just use it and don't look back. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Have fun this Halloween. Be safe. Eat candy. Dress up. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 